Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. Before we dive into today's episode, please, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like and subscribe button. Leave a comment down below on how to make this better. Anything you want to add to the conversation. Anything else you want to hear. Anything you want to hear a guest, what me and Coach West and Brad Miller talk about each Sunday live at 10 a.m. Central Time. Um, if you listen to it on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, anywhere you listen to your podcast, please subscribe to it, leave a review, leave a five-star review, all that good stuff. Um, the podcast can also be found at the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. If you go to bellyupsports.com, you can find a bunch of other podcasts out there, literally every sport out there, fantasy sports, there's a bunch of blogs on different sports, pro, college, NASCAR, anything you can think of, it's on the Belly Up Podcast Sports Network. So go to bellyupsports.com and check out everything there. And betting season's happening. So if you're looking for a place to make your bets, uh, if you go to my bookie and use the code BellyUpFantasy, Fantasy, you can double your first deposit. So sports are underway. College, NFL, NBA will be coming back. You got baseball going on right now. If you go to my book and use the code BellyUpFantasy, it will double your first deposit. You put in 100 bucks, they'll give you 100 bucks. Now you got 200 bucks. Um, just go there, use that code. It helps out the podcast, helps out the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. So please go do that. Do all that for me. Um, we appreciate it so much. So let's dive into today's episode. We it was 
crazy week three weekend of college football. Uh, we're going to start doing more of this stuff. We're recapping every Sunday. You will you can find me, Coach West, and Brad Miller live on YouTube at 10 a.m. Central Time, unless there's technical difficulties. But you'll find us live. We mainly recap Illinois football, um, and then we'll talk about other things that's happened in college football, um, different games we liked, and then we make bets. We will talk about an upset pick that we're going to make for the next week or that we have made and we recap it. We have a lock pick. So there's a game out there we all like, and this is for bets. So we we will bet on it. We keep track of it. So we have an upset pick, a lock pick, a feel-good pick. So a lock and a feel-good are very similar, but a lock is, hey, we have no doubt this is going to happen. A feel-good is, well, we feel kind of good about it, but it could go either way. And then we have a sneaky one. We're like, hey, don't sleep on this game. Bet the over, bet the under. Take this team minus the points. Take this team uh, plus the points. All that good stuff. But this uh, this segment, um, we are going to discuss more about the Big Ten. We're going to discuss Big Ten football. As we get later on in the seasons, we'll discuss Big Ten basketball. Um, but we're going to dive in right into week three of the Big Ten football conference. Um, go check out the last episode with me and Coach West. We discussed Illinois football, so we will skip over the Illinois-Maryland game. We've already discussed it in depth. This one, we're going to continue to talk about the Big Ten. Uh, the Big Ten is very interesting. When people think about football and a football conference, they're thinking of, obviously, the SEC. And then as of late, you know you're thinking of the ACC with Clemson. They've kind of dominated the ACC in the Big Ten, all you think about is Ohio State, Ohio State. Well, Ohio State has already lost a game this year. Um, there's a couple teams that are surprising. Uh, they're, they're, they're rising up. Unfortunately, it's not Illinois yet. Illinois is not up on the rise as of right now, but they're getting better. We, we discussed all that, but we're going to discuss the Big Ten. We're going to go over different topics. And during the Big Ten, this, this topic, they have played other teams. So we're going to discuss that. Then at the end of this episode, I will go through the next week. We'll go into week four of the Big Ten. I'm going to pick the winners. Now, this is not a part of the upset. Um, Well, they might be. There might be games. Um, But for those, the upset, the lock, the feel-good, the sneaky picks that I will do, because I want to get more into the betting side. We're going to talk about the over-unders and all that. Those will not go into that unless I think a game in there fits that category. But I want to just go through the Big Ten. People have podcasts with the SEC, ACC, and all that. There is probably some of the Big Ten. But I want to go over all of that. I want to be a, watching Illinois. Uh, I watch the Big Ten more than, than most conferences. Um, so we're going to go through all that. So the Big Ten is underway. We just got done with week three. We're going to be heading into week four. When we look at the Big Ten, like I said, it's very interesting. Um, the Big Ten is split into an East and West division. Um, right now you have Maryland. If we're going to go through the East division, um, Maryland is sitting there with their overall record of 3-0. and Michigan State is also 3-0. and Penn State's sitting there at 3-0. and Ohio State is 2-1. and Michigan, 3-0. and Rutgers, surprisingly, is 3-0. and Indiana is 1-2 and in the East division. In the Big Ten, Maryland, Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State are all 1-0 in that East division. In the West Division, Iowa is the only 3-0 team they have in the West Division. 
Um, then you have Illinois sitting at one and three. Purdue and Minnesota are both two and one. Wisconsin is one and one. Nebraska is two and two. Northwestern is one and two. In the Big Ten, Iowa is one and zero. Illinois is one and one. Purdue has not played a Big Ten game yet, so they are zero and zero. Minnesota is zero and one. Wisconsin, Nebraska, and Northwestern are also zero one in Big Ten play. So right now, the East Division is kind of running it. They're running away with the Big Ten. So when we, we're going to look at different games that really caught the eye. Probably of most people, again, we've already talked about Maryland and Illinois. One of the games I really want to talk about, so we're going to talk a little about Oklahoma. Oklahoma played Nebraska, the an old Big 12 game. Nebraska used to be in the in the Big 12. Oklahoma comes, they go to Oklahoma. Oklahoma barely escapes this game with a 23 and 16 win. Now Illinois did come in, or Nebraska came to Illinois and Illinois beat them. I think that uh, Oklahoma might be overrated. I mean, I know that's shocking to some people, but I think Oklahoma is a little bit overrated. Uh, Spencer Radler is playing much better than he did at the beginning of the last season compared to this season. But it just seems like Oklahoma is, they're not, they're a team that you don't want to see in the playoffs. We've seen them get to the playoffs, kind of like Notre Dame, and they just cannot win the first round. So Oklahoma was, I think they were projected to win by at least three touchdowns. So you got to give your hats off to Nebraska. Scott Frost is coaching for his life right now. Now, I think last week they beat Fordham maybe, but that's not going to save Scott Frost's job. Now, playing tough against Oklahoma, I still don't think saves his job. Now, you have to give them credit. I said this back when Illinois played Nebraska. Nebraska does have very good players. They have tough players. I think their quarterback is very good. I think they have a decent offensive line. They had some playmakers that are going to go up and get the ball for you. They have tight ends that can block. They have a defense that does fly to the ball pretty well. And Oklahoma should be able to beat them by three touchdowns, if not somewhere in between. You know, you're looking at just a little bit over, maybe 24 points. So Nebraska comes to town. Nebraska does play very tough because Scott Frost and the and that coaching staff are probably sitting there thinking, we're just going to let it fly. We're going to let it roll. And I think maybe Oklahoma had looked overlooked Nebraska. But I think Oklahoma is not as good as everybody thinks they are. I don't think they're they're going to slip up somewhere. Um, to have this close of a game with Nebraska, I think they're going to slip up somewhere. Uh, but kudos to Nebraska for playing them very tough. I thought the score of the game was very weird. Um, closer than what everybody thought. I guarantee if you bet on that game... If you took an over on certain points or you took Oklahoma minus the points you lost. Um, again, this is not a game that Nebraska should have hung around in. They should not have been there at all. But kudos to Nebraska uh, hanging in there. Another thing I wanted to just, I'm just going to go over this right now. Is Ohio State overrated. Now, if you go back and listen, I have thoughts on 
Ohio State fans, you know, they are very sensitive folk. Um, they can come at me and say Illinois fans are clueless. We're, we don't understand what it's like to win. Maybe we're the ones that's sensitive. I have no idea, No, and quite frankly, nor do I care. I think Ohio State fans, you know, they are like LeBron James fans. They're very soft. They uh, overreact to a lot of things, make a lot of excuses, all that good stuff, you know. Yeah, I would like Illinois to win the Big Ten year in, year out, or compete to win it year in and year out, and all that stuff. But I think... I don't think I know that Ohio State fans are pretty much very sensitive folk. Now the question is, is Ohio State overrated? They did get a loss against Oregon. I don't think Ohio State is as good as everyone thinks they are. I don't think they're overrated. Um, They were ranked pretty high. I think they're now 9 or 10 in the nation. I think they are where they're going to be. They have a young quarterback. They have a younger offensive line. Their defense is struggling. I know they have reported to make changes to their defense. If they want to stick to that 4-4, they are going to have to make some changes. They are going to have to adapt and make it to a 4-2-5. Because when you sit in that 4-4, you're really trying to help out the run. But when people start passing... uh, because when you see a two high, you're you're automatically thinking you're going to run the ball. When you come out in that four four and you have a one high safety, well, a team's going to say, okay, we're not going to run the ball anymore. They are going to look to pass. If you're struggling with the pass, if you're struggling with up tempo, if you're struggling with that four four setting the edge, you know life's going to be tough. So I know they have made adjustments on that. I know that they're going to come in and still be Ohio State. They're still going to win games, but. To come out, and Tulsa kept it close for a little bit. You know, at halftime it was uh, thirteen to six. You know, Ohio State scores three in the first quarter and ten in the second quarter. Tulsa scores three in the first and three in the second. And then Ohio State kind of turns it on, scoring fourteen in the third and fourteen in the fourth. Tulsa only scoring seven in the third, seven in the fourth. So it's forty-one to twenty. Now, to some people, forty-one to twenty is oh, that's you know, it's a 21-point game. That's a three-touchdown win. That's pretty good. But when you look at it, you go, well, Ohio State should be able to go beat Tulsa by probably more. Um, I think they're still trying to figure out who they are, how they're going to play. Now, you know, I've said this about Ryan Day for a while. Back when he had Justin Fields in the spring and then before that, when you have running backs that are going to get you 150 yards or more a game, it makes the quarterback's life a lot easier. And there were times in the spring where Ryan Day outcoaches himself, where if he just ran the ball, uh, probably 90% of a game with the running backs he had, probably would have won the game. But then there was times where he would run the ball maybe the whole first half, and he he wanted to get Justin Fields his so he could try to get to the NFL and look pretty good and, and, and all that stuff. So times he outsmarts himself, and I'm going to bring the high school coaching side into this. Run it till they stop it. So their running back, Henderson, had 24 carries, 277 yards, and three touchdowns. That's fantastic. You get that, and you're going to win. And they have a good wide receiving crew. But to run the ball like that, you are going to win the game. And I think if he did more of that in the spring, um, I'm not saying he's going to beat Alabama. But the Northwestern game's not close if they do that. 
if they continue to stay with it against Indiana, Indiana won't have hung around. So I think Ryan Day just kind of knows, like, hey, I don't have Justin Fields anymore. I can run the ball a lot. And if Ohio State does that and gets the offensive line going, gets the running back going, they will be Ohio State. They probably won't lose another game until they get to the Big Ten Championship. But they have to be careful. Where they don't slip up again, they've already lost a game. Another team where you're kind of on the fence of, do they make the college playoff? But a 41-20 to win against Tulsa to some people is very great. But when you look at it historically with Ohio State, this should probably have been more, or maybe it should have been so close at halftime, um, I think is more of the issue where it's kind of close at halftime. So I don't know if Ohio State's overrated, but it kind of seems like they are or they're not what they were. I think they're right when they're going to be. They're going to be at that. They're going to be ranked between 5 and and 12, somewhere in there. Um, so I think they're right where they're going to be. Um, so Ohio State's Ohio State. Their fans are soft. You know, we're going to do all that. One of the biggest games well, – we'll, we'll get to the big game. One thing to talk about, we're going to go right to it, is the Notre Dame-Purdue game. Purdue – was playing with Notre Dame. I mean, at the end of the first quarter, it's 3 nothing Purdue. Now, to some people, that, that's like, well, well, whatever. Notre Dame was 2-0. Purdue was 2-0. To be losing to Purdue 3-0 and you're Notre Dame, it's got to be a little worrisome. Then you go on to score 10 points. Now it's 10-3 at half. Okay, you take that. But Notre Dame should be beating Purdue... By probably 20 at halftime. I would say around 20 at halftime. Then Purdue comes out and scores 10 in the third. Notre Dame only scores 7. So right now it's 17 to 13 going into the fourth quarter. If And Purdue, if they would have made a couple plays, got a couple stops, they beat Notre Dame. Then Notre Dame comes out and scores 10 points. They went 27-13. That, that, that should not happen. Watching Notre Dame through the first three weeks. And Purdue's not one of the top tiers in the Big Ten. Notre Dame will not make the playoffs this year. Notre Dame is going to slip up somewhere. So kudos again to Purdue. You know, the Big Ten, they, people talk about the Big Ten, and they're not good at football compared to the SEC. They're not the powerhouses. Part of that is true. Um, if you want to take the very top tier of the SEC versus the top tier of the Big Ten, yeah. You might want to take the top tier of the SEC. But the Big Ten does beat or compete with with teams outside of the Big Ten and sometimes with SEC teams and sometimes with teams that they're not going to. So these guys on... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner podcast or other shows and you know I love the SEC you know I'm I'm a Nick Saban fan I'm an Ed Odron fan so I watch Alabama I watch LSU when you watch the Big Ten they will play tough with teams we just talked about Nebraska 
I mean, Ohio State's Ohio State. When you think of the Big Ten, it's Ohio State when it comes to football. But when you look at, like, Purdue keeping up with a Notre Dame where I'm not saying Notre Dame is Alabama, but Notre Dame is the top tier of college football, of college athletics, where they have a historic history. Regardless of what people want to say about them, they're ranked all the time. They're pretty good. They have made the playoffs, whether people think they should or not. Should they be part of a conference? It's a whole other t- discussion for a different time. Purdue did play them tough. They could have beat Notre Dame, and that would have been one of the biggest upsets we had in, in the week three. Notre Dame's going to lose somewhere. They will, We will not see them in the playoff. But when we get to my picks for everything else, Purdue might be a sneaky, tough team. These might be normal. this normal thing we're going to see with Purdue. And Purdue has always been that type of team. They play close. You don't expect them to play close. You don't expect them to be where they're at. But you got to deal with it. That's where they are, and they will play tough. And there's times they get blown out. But I think that Notre Dame is going to slip up. They will not make the playoffs. They'll probably lose two games, to be honest with you. Purdue may only win one more, two more games in the Big Ten because that's how tough the top of the Big Ten can be. And the Big Ten is just very inconsistent. When you look at the SEC, you'll have different upsets. The Big Ten, you just never know. Never know. Uh, One of the – there's two – Big shockers to me in the Big Ten. One of them is the Rocket Mortgage, or the Michigan State Spartans represented by Rocket Mortgage. Where in this world did they come from? Where did they come from? They are right now sitting undefeated. Now, I don't know about you guys, watching Michigan State last season, and I know it was during COVID, they were one of the worst teams in the Big Ten, if not one of the worst teams in all of college football. They were awful to watch. Now they come in to this year because they have a new head coach. They have a new system, new offense, new defense. They come in. They beat second runner, the runner-up of the Big Ten in Northwestern, thirty-eight to twenty-one. Then they win their next game against YSU, forty-two to fourteen. Then they go play the U, which there is no more U. The U will never be back. They are not back. So you Miami fans, pump the brakes. Need to pump the brakes. Beats them 38-17. to 17. Is Michigan State back? Is that football team competent again? Because they were terrible. They were worse than Illinois last year. If you can believe it. It was bad. They were very bad. They may be back. They may be competent. Which I don't know about you. No, unless you are a diehard Michigan fan, unless you're that guy waving the green flag and having the Trojan head looking thing. I know they're the Spartans. If you're that type of person, you knew, but I didn't know that. If you look at the 2020 season for them, they lose to Rutgers. 
Now, they somehow beat Michigan. But Michigan is Michigan. Then they lose to Iowa and Indiana. They lost to Ohio State and they lose to Penn State. I mean, I didn't see them. I mean, they won two games. Now they're 3-0. So, kudos to them. They've got a heck of a running back. Kenneth Walker III had 172 rushing yards. I mean, that's crazy. Now, they did let um, King, the quarterback for Miami, get 388 yards. But we are in a stage in college football. Actually, I think in football in general, where defenses are okay giving up yards. Um, Talking about Illinois, I know they're not winning. But I think they're okay giving up yards as long as the offense can score. If Nick Saban and Alabama are at the point where they're okay giving up yards as long as they don't give up points or if they only give up three points and they know their offense is going to turn around and score points, they are completely fine with it. But Michigan State is impressive. They gave up all those passing yards, but I think they're quite all right with it to win the 38-17. The U is not back. They're not going to be back. Miami is not that good. Coming in, people thought they were pretty good, and I thought they'd be competent. I thought they'd be, like, not losing to the Michigan State Spartans represented by Rocket Mortgage, which is their name, because they need money. I didn't think that was going to happen, but Michigan State has shocked me big time. Another huge, huge shocker to me is Rutgers. Rutgers is 3-0. and Again, unless you are a Rutgers fan and you live in New Jersey and Rutgers is where you went to school, even though why would you root for Rutgers when you have a professor suing the university because of athletics? I'm sorry to tell you that athletics pay for your science lab and the computers and everything else. They pay for all that. So the teacher that's suing them needs to uh, come out from that rock you're living under. Be thankful that there is athletics to pay for your stuff. They're 3-0. 3-0. Again, unless you live in New Jersey and that's your team and you went there, you, I, who knew they were going to be 3-0? No idea. Rutgers is usually not a good team now. Is a record of who they beat spectacular? No. Temple not, has not been great. I am a Syracuse guy. I love Dino Babers. That one is a good win in my opinion. You know, you beat Temple 61-14. They beat Syracuse 17-7. You beat Delaware 45-13. Now you start getting into their schedule. They got Michigan next. Ohio State. Michigan State. Northwestern. Illinois. Wisconsin. Like, you start getting into the meat and potatoes. This is where we're going to find out what they're made of. Now, you have to sit here and say, like, you know, Rutgers probably, before he loses to Syracuse, maybe they lose to Temple. They're usually a historically not a good football program. So to be 3-0, they have to be very excited. I'm not seeing where they compete to win the Big Ten. I'm not even seeing where they, maybe they make a bowl game. So, I mean, it's a shocker. But I think people talk about how good, I'm putting air quotes for you guys listening to the audio, they're not a 3-0 where 
They're, for example, Michigan State's 3-0, and and they're ranked. Rutgers is 3-0, and and they're not ranked. They look at strength of schedule. They look at who the teams have played. And it's probably a little bit of a history, too. Rutgers is not a historically good football program. Michigan State has had good success in football. So I'm sure the rankings had something to do with that as well. But the, those big things of uh, Rutgers being 3-0, did not see that coming. But especially did not, because Rutgers had a little bit of an upside last year from watching. They were getting better. They were playing tougher. The defense was playing a lot better. I did not see Michigan. I watched Michigan State. They had a quarterback problem. They were trying to find their identity on offense. They That one has almost shocked me more than Rutgers, if you want me to be honest with you. It's, it's, it's completely shocked me way more than that. Never saw it coming unless you are a true diehard Rutgers Michigan fan. Michigan State fan, excuse me. Never saw it coming. Now, when we're talking about Michigan State, we have to talk about Michigan, right? They keep Jim Harbaugh. They reconstruct his contract to take less money in order to in order to earn some of the money he was giving up. He has to win. He has to get these incentives. And so he's been on the hot seat for probably two years, if not longer. A lot of people thought he should have been fired by now. And a part of me, maybe, maybe they should have moved on. But I think they kind of thought, well, we're so close. Who are we going to hire? Does it make sense to fire him and try to go hire somebody? I get all that. They're 3-0 right now. Look at their schedule. Western Michigan, they beat 47-14. to That's supposed to happen. Now, this win at the time was impressive for me because it's a good football program, and that is Washington, beating them 31-10. to Now, Washington is not what they used to be either. They're not top of the top right now in the Pac-12. So I don't know if you can sit here and say it was a good... A good win because Washington is currently one and two. Because they lost to Montana 13 to 7. So is it really a good win? Their only win is to Arkansas State 52 to 3. But Michigan's going to take what they can get. Then they played Northern Illinois and beat them 63 to 10, which is supposed to happen. Michigan State is supposed to win those games. Or Michigan, excuse me. So they're doing what they're supposed to do, I think, right now. They're doing what Michigan's supposed to do. And I don't know about you, but I'm not hearing about them as much. So maybe this is what they like. Because if you want to talk about Ohio State fans, I think are way more sensitive. Michigan fans have this aura around Michigan that they're supposed to win, you know, a championship every year. And I'm sorry, that's not the case. Those times have come and gone. Yeah, that's probably their expectation, but that's every team's expectation. The reality is Michigan is now an average team. Michigan is an average Big Ten team. They're not.
all you football coaches out there, I know if you're like me, we want to be simple. And we're always looking for a way to add to the game. Drills, plays, all that stuff. Okay? So if you're like me and you're looking for drills, you're trying to figure out how to do this, well, there's no simpler way than getting back to the basics. So I want to thank Coach Stone for contributing, sponsoring this podcast, helping me out with other things. So I need you guys, if you want to get back to the basics, you need to go get this book, Back to the Basics Football Drill Manual, from Back to the Basics from Coach Stone Football. This book is 500 pages, over 500 pages. And it goes from offense, defense, special teams, tackling, turnovers, everything that you need is right here. You get this book and you look at all of his other stuff, you will never need to go look up another drill again. It has like all these drills. I kid you not. This book has it for you. Okay. So if you're like me and we always talk about becoming simple, we're always talking about making things easier on our players. Back to the basics is for you. So please go to coachstonefootball.com. It has this book on there. I believe this was his first, was Coach Stone's first one. You need to go on there and get it. Um, coachstonefootball.com. It's on there. I think it's on Amazon, but if you go to his website, there's so much other stuff. I recommend going to the website. Um, there's other books on there, but this is the first one you need to look at for drills from all aspects of the game. There's over 100 drills, I believe, in this book. So again, go to coachstonefootball.com. Go get this book and let's get back to the basics. The Coach Steve Show is sponsored by the Launchpad Kickoff Team. If you're a football coach out there, high school, college, NFL, doesn't matter, and you're looking for that edge for your special teams, for your kicker, for the kickoff, onsides, you guys need to go to launchpadkickoffteam.com. If you have a younger guy trying to develop the kicker, you want the ball to get to the end zone, you need to go to Launchpad Kickoff Team. This tee gives a coach a strategic options for squib kicks, onsides, everything. It is proven that your kicker will kick off farther. It is legal for NCAA, for high school, okay? The Launchpad Kickoff Tee is a game changer. So if you go to launchpadkickofftee.com slash CSS, to use the code CSS, you can get a Launchpad Kickoff Tee for 10% off. So go to launchpadkickofftee.com slash CSS. You can use the code CSS for the Coach Steve Show to get 10% off. Also, there's a bundle. You can get one for 10% off. You can go to two and get more percent off. Or there's an option to buy four. If you click the option to buy the four kickoff tees, if you like it so much, when you use the code CSS, you'll get the fourth one free. So instead of paying full price for all four, you'll get three. So go to launchpadkickofftee.com slash CSS. Use the code CSS. Get 10% off. Buy four to get the fourth one free. This is a game changer, guys. It does more than just hold your balls. Go get the Launchpad Kickoff Tee today to give your kicker an edge for next season. Not winning Big Ten titles. They're not winning national titles. They're not winning their freaking division. So I'm going to give them props for being 3 0. They're getting ahead of the curve right now, they're getting to where they need to be. I'm still going to say the Washington win is a decent win. But Washington is not what they were either. But you have to look at positively. So I think 
Michigan being under the radar has helped them a lot. It has helped them get ahead of what could happen. And I don't know if this will be Jim Harbaugh's last year. If they did not get rid of him last year, I don't know if they'll do it this year. If they only lose one game and it's Ohio State, they still may fire him. But you have to give props that they're 3-0. You cannot take that away from them. But with a weak schedule, how much stock can we really put into this? Another thing to, to bring up is Northwestern. Northwestern is sitting at 1-2 and two overall. They lose to Duke 30-23, to 23, giving up 21 points in the first quarter, but then not giving up a single point in the second half. Coach Fitzgerald is a defensive guy. He gave a speech after the 2019 season about how that type of season will never happen again. Well, here we are. We're here. It's happening again. They played very well in the COVID year. That defense was spectacular. They could tackle. They could fly around. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. With a bunch of Illinois kids that Coach Billma is trying to take away. They made it to the Big Ten title game. And they lose to Ohio State. They had a better record, if you want to look at overall. Played more games in Ohio State, so maybe they should have made it to the playoff. Their offense was shaky, but they're a very tough team. They were going to run at you. They had a tough quarterback. They were going to make the throws they needed to. But that's where they needed to improve, in my opinion. You thought the defense was fine. Then they come into this year and struggle. And, listen, I'm a Fitzgerald guy. I love Fitzgerald. But you lose to Michigan State 38-21. Then you only beat Indiana State 24-6. Indiana State's a Division I AA team. You are Northwestern that almost beat Ohio State to win the Big Ten title. And you only score 24 against Indiana State. Then you play Duke, who struggled last year. We're not very good. 
and you lose 30 to 23. So something's not right up there in Evanston, Illinois. Just north. Something ain't going right. Now Fitzgerald's going to figure it out. He loves Northwestern. He's very passionate. But I don't think we're getting the the, 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 the Tim Tebow speech. Where no one's gonna, you're never going to see someone play as hard as me. You're never going to see anybody play as hard as I am. You're never going to see someone push somebody as much as I am for the rest of the season. When he said this is never going to happen again, it's happening. Northwestern's a tough place to play. It's a tough place to recruit because of academics. Now, some people use that as an advantage. I had a conversation with uh, Coach Siasi. He's the offensive line coach, run game coordinator at Bryant University. That's a high academic place. He uses it to his advantage. But it just seems like a Northwestern, it's hard to recruit when you're going up against these. You also look at facilities. You have to look at academics. He's a very good coach. I would love to have a conversation with Coach Fitzgerald. He's a great defensive mind. I think he will figure it out. But I hope, I hope this is a wake-up call for him because I did not see Northwestern sitting here at 1-3. and three. I saw them sitting at 3-0. Oh. If I had to go back and re-look at it at the beginning of the season, i say they beat Michigan State, they beat Indiana State, and they'd beat Duke. They'd be sitting here at 3-0. But they're one and two. Just another shocker in the Big Ten where it's just this Big Ten is up and down. In the SEC, you kind of have an understanding. Big Ten just fluctuates up and down. Up and down. Then another team last year that shocked a lot of people was Indiana. Indiana goes, plays a tough Cincinnati team. Cincinnati pulls out the win, 38-24. Now, Indiana just couldn't score in the red zone. Penix is trying to, you know, he had that ACL tear. I think he's trying to really come back from that. I think that's, I've never had that type of injury. And there's players that have that injury that bounce back pretty fast. I think he's trying to figure that out. You know, he was 17-40 for two touchdowns, 224 yards. Could be better. Cincinnati has good players. Indiana had a good season. Coach Allen, great coach. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. They do the speed-based training that you see Ohio State and Alabama do because the strength and conditioning coaches from that worked in Indiana with that stuff have moved on to like Alabama with a defensive coordinator down to South Alabama. Indiana has to learn how to win. So they have a successful season. Well, now it's okay. You have a successful season. How do you do coming in? Now, we got to remember. Now, this no offense to Coach Allen. This is kind of the same thing happening with Illinois. Like, when we get Coach Bielema, when, when, when Illinois basketball was going good. Fans need to calm down. Indiana has a good season. Now, I'm high on Indiana. And I'm probably going to be wrong on them. I think I was on a different podcast, and I picked them to do, do pretty well. It's a building process. So you have a good season. You got to learn how to win. And it's got to be a consistent thing from top to bottom. So if Indiana football hasn't really won, it's got to come from the top. 
me coaching, it's got to come from the top. It has to start, start with administration, principal, assistant principal, athletic director. Then it comes down through the head coach, assistant coaches, athletic trainers, at the big time level, nutritionists, strength and conditioning coaches, from top to bottom. So you have a good season. So now it's how do you get back to having a good season? How do you maintain it? You have a full off season, all that stuff. So Indiana played a good team in Cincinnati, had a lot of good players still back on that Cincinnati team. So now it's they have to learn how to win. So I think we all have to – I have to pump the brakes. I really was high on Indiana coming into the season. I'm into that speed-based training thing that they do. You see Alabama do it. Ohio State does it. Clemson's doing it. Those are the teams that are winning year in and year out. There's something about it. You see David Montgomery for the Bears as an example. Hired somebody to work with that. Now he's a lot faster. They get stronger as the year goes on. Once Indiana starts to really do and they learn how to win, they learn how to do this, they get this thing rolling, they're going to be fine. They'll be fine. Last one to talk about before we get into the picks. The big game that happened this weekend, Penn State versus Auburn. SEC matchup. Now, I know that Auburn is not the creme of the creme of the SEC. SEC is college football. Penn State gets the, I don't don't even know if it's an upset. Penn State was ranked higher than Auburn. Penn State was 10, Auburn was 22. Penn State gets the win, 28-20. Now, Auburn's coming in with a new head coach from Boise State. Penn State had a rough year during the COVID year, but Coach Franklin doesn't stay down long. He's a good coach. The whiteout game, that was electric. That is on my bucket list, to go to Penn State during the whiteout. That, that, that place was electric. Over 100,000 people. That's, that's, that's fantastic. That's just, having fans back is just fantastic. Watching the game, it just kind of looked like Auburn, again, they're learning a new offense. They're trying to learn a new defense. Well, probably different terminology. Most college football teams run similar coverages, similar defense. Now they're learning how to disguise, you know, what kind of disguises they want to do. What kind of stunting do they want to do? What's their terminology? Maybe when they ran this defense with the old offensive co- or defense coordinator, they read the number two receiver, but now this coach wasn't going to read the number one receiver. Maybe they're doing more mixed blue coverage stuff. It looked like Auburn's offensive line started to get tired. Penn State just, you know, grinded it out. Um, they didn't look like they got that tired throughout the game. They weren't. They were very methodical about what they were doing. Um they were taking what Auburn gave them. Um, Penn State's quarterback, Sean Clifford, you know, like, for example, he's 20 of 32. So that's a very high percentage. So Penn State was going to take what Auburn was giving them. They weren't going to force the issue. And I think Penn State was very comfortable in the fact that, you know, 
if we can just take get a drive. Now, if we don't get any points, we trust that our defense is going to play tough enough. Now, we'll get back on the field. And I think, again, all over college football, not saying that teams are okay with giving up a lot of yards, but I think they know, like, hey, just... I think defensive coordinators and defensive players are still going to have that quote-unquote mindset of we want to dominate the offense. But I think, you know, maybe before 10 years ago, maybe less, defenses were about giving up the goose egg. You know, like we don't want them to score. We want to dominate them. We want to completely shut them down. I think defenses now are slowing down. Now, if we stop them, great. They still have that mentality, but I think if they have the mentality of we're going to dominate them, we're going to stop them. That leads to them slowing down. You know, you you, you aim for perfection, but you're not going to get there, but you aim for it, and you'll get as close as you aim for and as hard as you work. So I think Penn State knew that. Um, I think they were pretty good at keeping Bo Nix in check. They tackled. They were just tough. Penn State played very tough. Now, I know people are saying Penn State would be a bottom-tier SEC team, and maybe they're right, but they did, did beat them. They did beat them. So, so Penn State is a tough team. Very tough team. It's going to come down to Penn State, Iowa, and Ohio State. My prediction, watching Iowa is that Iowa will win the Big Ten. I think Iowa will face a Penn State or Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. Or maybe Michigan. Maybe Michigan surprises us. I see Iowa winning the Big Ten. Iowa is always very good at running the football. They're very good up front. They have a big offensive line. They have a big defensive line. And they do their job. I think Iowa would have beat Auburn by 14 to 17 points. I think Auburn has a long way to go. Not saying they're not good. But again, you have a team that was recruited by Gus to run his, you know, his pistol or spread wing tee offense that changed a couple times. You know, he went from buck sweeps to traps and power and a little bit of inside zone. Then he wanted to do more zone and outside zone. Still kind of doing the buck sweeps. And then there's then you know the past year before Gus was let go, they went to more spread two by two, three by one stuff. Still getting their wing stuff and their pistol things, but they started to do that. I believe Coach Morris was hired as the OC. They wanted to throw it more. So now they're trying to learn a, I guess a pro style, more balanced. They were under center a little bit. They went to shotgun. You could just tell, like, Penn State knew, being under Coach James Franklin for years, that you saw a team in Penn State that had the mojo of the home crowd, a team that's been under Coach Franklin. They knew the offense. They knew the defense. They knew what, they were, what was going on. They've been in the system. To an Auburn team that's getting new systems in a hostile environment of over 100,000 people. If they play again, Auburn probably wins, but that's not how it works. You don't see him again unless it's the championship game or the, the bowl game. 
So Penn State won when they needed to. And that was great for the Big Ten. That's a huge thing for the Big Ten. But it's going to happen between Penn State, Ohio State, maybe Michigan, but I think Iowa's on a different level. Now, people probably are bored watching Iowa. I watched the Iowa, Iowa State game, and part of it was a little boring. I mean, I know people are going to say, well, they only beat Kent State 30-7. to Kent State's on the rise. Coach Sean Lewis has done a great job from Illinois. But you give an Iowa team with a quarterback 25 of 36 for 209 yards and also have a running back to get you 153 yards and three touchdowns, you give Iowa a quarterback that does enough to manage the game, make throws when he needs to, check the play, get them in the right spot, they're dangerous. And if Iowa continues, they are the Big Ten championship. And they will probably go with the playoff. Now, usually they slip up somewhere, but I see Iowa winning the Big Ten. Minnesota had a nice win, but I think Minnesota's down. And I and the only team in the Big Ten is, I mean, maybe Michigan State, but I think if you if you put Iowa and Ohio Iowa and Ohio State together, I think Iowa just bullied Ohio State. The way Ohio State's defensive line is played, the shakiness of their uh Offensive line, and I think they would just put Ryan Day in a situation of, I should probably run the ball, but I'm going to pass it. You saw it with with Justin Fields, um, but I think Iowa will be the Big Ten champ. They're just you give them a quarterback, you give them that line. I think they will win the Big Ten. So that was week three of the Big Ten college football games. So now we're going to move on. So when we talk about the Big Ten, we're going to have this podcast episode. We're going to talk. I'm going to give you my, I'm going to keep track of my picks. We will go through every Big Ten team of who they play. And I'll give my picks. So. For week four, this weekend, we have Villanova at Penn State. Penn State is now number six in the nation. You got to go with Penn State. Now, this is not, again, not going with my upset pick, my lock pick, my feel good pick, or my sneaky picks that me, Nathan, and Brad do that we keep track of ourselves. And Brad will release that, but this is just for the podcast in general. Then you got the big game. Big game of the week, of the weekend. Notre Dame is going to play Wisconsin at Soldier Field in Chicago, Illinois. Notre Dame is number 12 in the nation, and Wisconsin is number 18 in the nation. If I was a betting man, and I am, I would stay away from this if you're going to put money on it. This one's tough because regardless of what I've said about Notre Dame and what people think, I mean, they are winning, and they're being tough. I think Wisconsin pulls this out. It's a quote-unquote neutral site. Not a far drive for probably either team. Probably closer for Notre Dame. I think Wisconsin's going to play ball control. I think they're going to bully around. It's going to be Notre Dame's offensive line. It's whose offensive line shows up. If Notre Dame's offensive line shows up, they win the game. 
if Wisconsin shows up, they're going to win the game. I am going with Wisconsin. Then Bowling Green makes the big travel to Minnesota. Bowling Green has been down ever since Dino Babers has left there. Coaching Dino Babers had had it turned around. And then ever since he left, it's kind of fallen down on, on hard times. I'm obviously going with Minnesota. Ohio at Northwestern. This one's a hard pick for me. Watching the Big Ten. Um, being a fan of Coach Fitzgerald. I am a fan of Ohio. Um, Coach Rudolph is the offensive line coach we have become. You know, he he's helping me out with football. He's been on the podcast. Northwestern's struggling a little bit. Ohio is also struggling a little bit. This one's a hard pick for me. But Ohio is struggling. They do have to make the travel to Northwestern. But Northwestern's down two. Ohio has to try to get a win. I think they traveled to Evanston, Illinois. And pull up the upset on the Northwestern Wildcats. Colorado State travels to Iowa, number five, Iowa. Iowa wins in a blowout. Big game of the Big Ten. Rutgers goes to number 19, Michigan. This is interesting. This is going to be the first test for Rutgers. They are 3-0. Michigan's 3-0. Michigan is supposed to be 3-0. Rutgers is a surprise 3-0. I think Michigan is flying so far under the radar and nobody's talking about them. I think Rutgers comes in, but Michigan will win. I think they'll finally get back on track. Now, if they start coming back on the radar and people start talking about them, they'll fall back down. But for right now, nobody's talking about them. I'm going with Michigan over Rutgers. My Illinois final on, I travel to Purdue in Indiana. Illinois is struggling. Purdue just come off a close loss to Notre Dame. Played very well. Just didn't, didn't make plays. Bias pick here. I am going to say Illinois makes a bounce back. Coach Bielma at the helm to beat Purdue. Kent State travels to Maryland. Kent State is coached by Coach Sean Lewis, who has coached Eastern Illinois, Bowling Green, Syracuse. They have the high-flying offense. Maryland just came off the close win to Illinois. Maryland is hit or miss. They're either very, very good or they're average. They let Illinois hang around, and Illinois could have won that game. I think Maryland shows up ready to play and will beat Kent State. Nebraska travels to number 20, Michigan State. Well, Michigan State represented by Rock and Mortgage. They travel to, so Nebraska will travel to East Lansing, Michigan. Michigan State is the surprise in the Big Ten this year. Nebraska, Scott Frost is on the hot seat. This will be his last year in Nebraska. They are going to struggle this year. Michigan State gets the win. Akron travels to Ohio State. Ohio State gets the win. Indiana does travel to Western Kentucky. FCS schools, smaller schools, have been the surprise this year, which we'll talk about in another episode. I think Indiana gets back on track traveling to Western Kentucky, which is huge for Western Kentucky to have a big Power 5 school come travel to them. Indiana gets the win. And they finally get back to 500, get back to 2-2. Two and two. As they start to head into Big Ten play. And that's the episode, guys. We we talked about the Big Ten. Got the, we got the my picks in for who I think is going to win in the Big Ten and who they're playing. Talked about a lot. 
Yes, Ohio State fans are still soft. Very sensitive. Please uh, continue to support the show. Go check out the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network at bellyupsports.com. If you want to make a bet, go to my bookie and make that deposit and use the code to double your deposit. Uh, check out the description, episode description, other affiliates, all the all the sponsors for this podcast. And go check out other episodes. We're going to have weekly episodes. We're going to go live with Coach West and Brad Miller every Sunday around 10 a.m. Central Time as long as we can. We're going to have weekly episodes with interviews with different people, different coaches. We're going to have weekly episodes on Big Ten football. We're going to have weekly episodes on what's going on in college football in general, different big games. We're going to have bets of who you should bet on. You don't have to make the Big Ten bets, but we're going to have our upset picks, our lock picks, a feel-good pick, and a sneaky pick to help you win some money. We're going to keep track of that. Um, help you guys win some money so you can retire. Retire very soon. Um, and that's all we got for this episode. So I appreciate everybody listening. Please hit the like and subscribe button on the YouTube channel. Uh, please go leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we're going to see you next time. So until then, this has been another episode of the Coach Steve Show. Thank you so much for listening.